Food, water, shelter, and nesting are all vital to attracting birds to your backyard. Multiple food sources are also helpful. Shop a wide variety of feeders, waterers, and bird food at Blaine's Farm and Fleet to keep your feathered friends happy and healthy all year long. Disruptive weather events across agriculturally productive regions are a major part of commodity price movement. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report, and here painting that picture for us is Eric Snodgrass. He's the chief atmospheric scientist with Nutrient Ag Solutions. What severe weather events are you keeping your eye on at this time? Yeah, so we've already seen quite a bit of it across the south this year, and we just start to think, you know, it's, 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 it's April. So this is all going to start moving north very quickly, and already we're well above average on tornado reports and on severe wind reports, and we've seen quite a bit of hail. So it's got us thinking about how that all translates into this spring, and if that's just disruptive for our planting specifically Uh, because a lot of times when all that severe weather is to the south we tend to be cold in this area we've seen quite a bit of you know cold air at times and I'm worried about that through the month of April just too much cold air to really let the soil temperatures recover and stay above you know 50 55 Fahrenheit and uh, with the excessive rain at times, it just gets me worried about how tight those planting winters are going to be. So, yeah, we're, we're worried about a whole new thing now that we're in a new month with, with really just trying to get a crop in the ground and going. Well, and your message is the weather at this time of year changes so much leading up to June 1. So you're keeping your eye on a few different things, in particular, whether we're going to be in a weak La Nina or a very strong one. Yeah, and the reason why we say June 1 is because usually after that, we break away from having these like big low-pressure systems that spin across the country to more thunderstorm regime. So you ask about what's going on with La Nina. Well, that's been a trick on us, I think, played by the atmosphere this past March. We had a resurgence of it. And if we continue to see La Nina, weak La Nina conditions throughout summer, which some forecasts are calling for, that just increases our drought risk. So it could be one of those years where we start off wet and then go over dry midsummer. And it's hard to even say what's going to happen after that. But it's just going to be front of mind for me until I see how the full pattern evolves once we get through the months of April and May. I may be overly concerned, to be honest with you, because I keep looking at it every day. I'm like, oh, my goodness, why, why do we keep seeing the forecast models respond toward creating larger areas of drought from the western and central Corn Belt? west of there as well and a lot of it's due to drought that's already in place and the fact that the models are keeping some cold water in the pacific yeah something i didn't know before our discussion today was that we actually keep our eyes on the gulf of alaska to determine what wisconsin's going to get yeah so the gulf of alaska we would call that upstream from us so when i'm talking there about a stream it's the jet stream and so usually what happens is is that the the jet stream pattern is kind of born out of the north pacific it then kind of becomes um, kind of solidified in the gulf of alaska and we tend to get whatever happens after that. So generally speaking, in summer, if the Gulf of Alaska is hot and there's a big ridge, we tend to do fine on precipitation. But if it's cold there and there's a trough in the Gulf of Alaska, historically speaking, we tend to run the risk of greater risk of drought. And so we're, we're going to sit there and watch it uh, because it's, it's going to take time to set up. And it's really just what does it look like in summer? Because we're still quite a bit of ways away from seeing it evolve. So you know, we'll keep an eye on it between now and then. Continuing our conversation on what's happening in Wisconsin, obviously our eyes are on drought, but you've also got our eyes on increased tornado activity and hail activity as well. Yeah, I think that unlike last year, we have an, a, a more normal, even an increased risk of severe storms. And remember, in the state of Wisconsin, our, our big severe weather month is June, right? So that's the peak of it. So May, June, July is when we tend to have most of our severe weather. It just looks as though this year um, could be another one of those years where we're going to have to watch the radar a lot to see how these storms roll across. We're in a global marketplace, so we've got our eyes on what's happening, not only in other parts of the country, but across the globe. Floods in China, 
drought in South America. Paint that picture for us. Yeah, I think the bigger story is that drought in South America because what was interesting was earlier in the year, the drought was south. It was in southern Brazil, Argentina, Paraguay, Uruguay. And now that drought has shifted north. It's gotten really wet where it was once dry. So we flipped the whole pattern, and now we're seeing issues possibly with dry conditions hitting the safrina crop, which is going to ding the global you know, uh, balance sheet if they don't produce a large safrina corn crop in South America. So that's probably the most important story to watch internationally at this point. That and, of course, whether or not Ukraine will put a crop in this year or the size of that crop, which is ultimately going to be determined by geopolitical issues, not necessarily by weather. Those kind of intertwine. I, it is. And and it's just amazing that sometimes, you know, it's four, five, six events that just all of a sudden line up and take, you know, take everything in a certain direction. Uh, and predicting those things is quite hard. Coming back to the U.S. and looking at our own valuable Gulf, the Gulf of Mexico, what does concern look like that another hurricane could come through and disrupt that port? If the La Nina sticks around, what it tends to do is reduce what we call wind shear over the Atlantic. That's how, how much the wind speed changes with height. So hurricanes like calm environments, they like to blow up in calm environments. La Ninas tend to keep the what we call the main development region that's across the Atlantic. They tend to keep it calm. So we tend to have a greater risk of hurricane activity when there's a La Nina. But if it fades fast, which is still a possibility, then that, that'll come off the, the table as a conversation piece. But right now, I'm concerned that this is going to be near normal to above normal again for the hurricane season. And our competitors out west, as far as the dairy market goes, I mean, they're struggling right now with drought. They are. So for California specifically, it's been the driest start to any year on record, going back to 1893. And the reservoirs, of course, are, have been severely depleted, and there's not much snowpack. So I, I'm extremely concerned out west on, on what's going on there. And I think it's going to just continue to be an issue because the Mediterranean climate that California has means that once you get through April, you know, it's, it starts the dry season. So there's nothing that normally could come to offset the drought issues that have developed this winter. So it's a, they're kind of in dire straits right now. I'm, I'm very concerned about the, about the livelihood of our, of our fellow farmers and, and growers out in that part of the world. Do people ever ask you when it comes to weather, are you also watching how this is going to impact food prices or is that more out of your wheelhouse? It's out of my wheelhouse, but I watch it anyway. I mean, we think about California, especially leading the nation in the production of 40 different fruits and vegetables. So typically whatever happens there with respect to weather stresses affects the grocery prices. Now, there's a lot of other things, of course, this year affecting grocery prices, but that's just something that could add up on top of that if they have trouble um, with, with water this year. We mentioned Ukraine, and I just want to brush on them being the breadbasket of the world. We have our own breadbasket in the plains. Can you forecast how the weather could impact our wheat crop here in the U.S.? Well, we've seen some of the numbers coming out of the wheat crop in terms of the quality has been pretty low, and that's partly due to drought. They've got some cold weather that's coming in. I don't think it's enough to cause any kind of a kill issue right now. But until we bring more moisture into the plains, and it needs to come in April, it's got to come now in order for that crop to do well. We're going to continue to see issues with the quality of that crop. And you're right, you know, they grow wheat uh, not only there, but they grow it in Ukraine. They grow it in Russia in a big way. It's also in Australia. There's lots of places that grow wheat, given the global demand. And we just can't right now find kind of a silver lining on, on a place that's doing really well. I mean, Australia is an example. Because of La Nina, had a super wet growing season. And that wasn't so great on the harvest of their wheat. And, of course, getting the wheat out of Russia and Ukraine right now is a challenge because, again, of the geopolitical issues. So there's a lot going on. 
and, and we could probably keep talking for another hour about all these things, but you're hitting the main topics. <laughs> and last question for you, uh, again, focusing on Wisconsin, but now temperatures. Enjoy this weekend because it's going to be a pretty cool spring from here on out. Yeah, it does look cool. Hopefully not the whole spring, but April. I see too many cool signals for like the third week of April, and that's just a time period where we like to break away from that and get, get some heat back into the ground and, and get the you know spring field applications going and get ready for a plant. And right now I'm just not seeing a full breakaway to really warm conditions. And, you know, not only are farmers upset, my kids are upset about it as well. So they don't like to hear me forecast when I have to tell them there's more cold weather coming too. Or snow. That's right. More (laughs) snow. I'm so sick of snow right now. I'm ready to break away from that. Anything else I'm not asking you that you think is important for our producers to know right now? No, I mean, I think you hit it really well. I think the thing I would just be watching is, like you said earlier, the Gulf of Alaska. Let's watch that for the ocean temperatures and there along the equator with this La Nina. Those are going to be the two kind of keys to unlocking what summer could give us. But just remember, they're not perfectly correlated. So we just look at them as an indicator. It's a bit speculative, but that's what we're going to use. Eric Snodgrass along with us, the Chief Atmospheric Scientist with Nutrien Egg Solutions. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff. Every part of your vehicle serves a purpose, especially your tires. When they aren't right, it makes a big difference in safety. So, find great deals on trusted brands of automotive and specialty tires for farm machinery, utility vehicles, and more at Blaine's Farm and Fleet.